Welcome back to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Soft, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. So I was reflecting the other day because I have so much time to reflect. I say that tongue in cheek. I'm sure you folks are the exact same way. It seems like you never catch up anymore. In fact, if you're like me, it feels like, but I'm always trying to play catch up. In fact, I think the most common expression I say these days is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't get you that email on time. I'm sorry I didn't do what I was going to do. I'm sorry it's taking me so long. I'm sorry I dropped the ball because I'm really, really busy. <laughs> I really am busy. I know, I know, I'm going through this process as I reflect that I need to work better on my time management. I need to work better on my commitment. What have I been doing? One of the things we talk about a lot in here is managing your time. And we talked about time blocking, done that, had that conversation many times. And I do time block. My problem is I don't, I don't protect that time block. In other words, I'll say two hours every day. And I've done it two hours of my, it's blocked Daryl time. Nobody else blocked. But then so-and-so or somebody will come to me and I'll know it's important. I'll know it's urgent. And I will let them schedule time with me together in the middle of Daryl time. And my calendar got to the point where I had so many Daryl times and all these other blocks beside it. And you know what I'm talking about when you look at your calendar, your diary. I got to a point and I said, what is wrong with me? Either I'm committed to Daryl time or I'm not. And I knew I was so busy and there's so many balls in the air and there's so many commitments I have to do in my role with the company that I got rid of Daryl time. It's gone. I made a conscious decision. That means I'm working more hours. That's not good. Hence, I know why I was reflecting. But the other thing I was reflecting on, it was interesting. I, I, I did some posts online recently. Really got some, some posts do well, like you might imagine, and the posts, not as much. And that's fine, too. You don't do it for the vanity metrics. At least you shouldn't be doing it for the vanity metrics. But that particular day, those posts did, like, amazingly well. And I got so many comments and so many new followers and so many notes of affirmation and so many notes of gratitude thanking me for my contribution thanking me for the difference I made in their lives. And you know, by the way, send those notes guys because I love them. They're the highlight of my day. And I need constant reaffirmation because I'm an insecure son of a gun. But I was reflecting at that moment in time, because I had that day, about how just like two or three years ago, I was starting my job at VanillaSoft. And yeah, I've been on social media for forever, but I pretty hadn't been on social media, if you know what I'm saying. And I wasn't a rock star at social media. It was a glorified resume. And I post occasionally just so I look relatively current, you know, once a month, maybe, once a month, maybe. And so I had to reinvent myself at that time because that's what VanillaSoft needed me to do. And then I was reflecting further about how isn't it amazing, you know, because there's always this stereotype that you can't reinvent yourself. You can't. You get to a certain point and technology passes you by. You don't understand it. It's the game for kids, as an example, right? And for sure, when you were raised with it, you were raised with, with it from many of you from the crib on up. I didn't touch, see, type on my first computer until I was in grade nine. 
And that was just like, yeah, that's interesting. It was on a grade 10, I finally got it going. And I remember the high school I went to, I think we had maybe five computers in the whole school. You know, we had computer class. I'm going to date myself. I had typing class, and typing class was considered an art. It was an actual credit go for typing school. That tells you something. But hey, I'm not as old as you might think because my typewriters were electric. Oh, yeah, baby. But my point being, I think about where I came from. I reinvented myself on social media. I'm trying to reinvent myself on my calendar skills. When I began life doing marketing thing, I would do a $30,000 print ad, and I would have a professional agency, and they would come to me, and they would put hard boards with you know custom uh, ad campaigns on the floor, and I'd see a dozen mock-ups, and they'd be lying there on the shelf or on the floor, and I would walk back and forth, and the designer would walk me through them. And this is a very expensive madman-type agency, and I would pick it out, and I would drop the ads, and we would have bingo cards to watch results, and we would actually measure how many phone calls we got. And like, who does that now? Now I use Canva. Uh, or do it myself and put it on Instagram, throw some filters in there, bam, you're done. I know more agency. So you had to reinvent yourself. I've come from such a different place than you will ever know, and I had to adapt along the way. So what does all that matter? All that matters is this, and this is why it matters to you. We all get to a point in our career, what we were comfortable with no longer applies, no longer works no longer matters. Maybe you were kicking ass last year on email and now nobody's opened your emails. Maybe your pipeline was full last year and now it's not. Maybe you understood Facebook, but you don't get TikTok. You know what I'm saying? Life moves on. When that happens, you need to reassess, just like I was doing. And that reminded me of a post I read. And I went back and I found the post. And that post was written by Costas Perkis, who ironically was on our USA versus UK debate we just had. Ask him which team he was on. Hint, his team didn't win, but he was a rock star between you and I. And he actually talks about how when you get to a certain point, you actually have to break some eggs. Some of those eggs are your eggs. You had a beautiful omelet last year, but now... Now it doesn't taste so good. Now it's not working. Now you're not, you can't cook an omelet to save your life. You're not getting the results. So you got to break some eggs. You got to try something new. You got to reinvent. Costas is the man to talk about this to help you guys reinvent yourself and just to figure it all out. So he and I are going to play counselors today. Let's get him on the show. Costas, my friend, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, my friend, to the Inside, Inside Sales Show. I am so pleased to have you here. He's got a big smile on his face. It's absolutely a pleasure to, uh, to talk to you, uh, Darwin. Thank you very much for the invitation. Costas is like the nicest guy going. He's just so magnanimous. So please follow him. Check him out on LinkedIn. He's a machine. Uh, he, I have a lot of time for, for Costas. He's the sales director at Worldwide Business Research, and he's based out of London. So don't let the accent fool you. Now, Costas, you're Greek originally. Is that not right? Am I, am yep. I getting the accent right? Yes. So I love it. Yep. We're talking to a native, a native Greek living in London who's a sales rock star and was recently the captain of Team UK. So that tells you something. Okay. So Costas, I'm going to back up for a second and say, now you wrote this, and I love how you said it. You said, do you want an omelet? You set the stage. Do you want an omelet? In other words, sales reps, do you want a kick-ass sales career? Do you want success? Sometimes you got to crack some eggs. Now is the time to try new things in your sales approach. 
And then you go on to talk about why you should do this, and that, yes, there's going to be risks involved, and how can you manage those risks? In fact, you even invoked the great, the late, great Bruce Lee about attacking those risks. What was your catalyst for this? I mean, was this you? Are you speaking? Is this your own personal story? Are you seeing this with people on your team? Are you seeing this with your peers? What, what provoked this post? Personal and business. I mean, we organize the best B2B conferences on the planet. And as you can imagine, we've been badly hit because of the uh, crisis. So as a business, we had to pivot and we have to, uh, uh, to do things differently. Obviously, we had to do things differently with our teams. That got me thinking, what is the reason? What is the main reason why people do not try different things? And then the, th- the second thing I was thinking is like, what's the easiest way to advise someone to go ahead and try something new, different, innovative? And I realized that when I want to try new things, the first thing that comes to my mind is procrastination. What's the reason why people procrastinate? There's two reasons in my mind. Both of them are based, fear-based. One is fear about the outcome. So people focus too much about the outcome. Will I be able to achieve the outcome? And the second thing is fear of making a decision. Will this be the right decision? Will I be judged against my decision? So my thinking is very simple. I'm a very simple man. Because of my military background, I, I like military figures and how, how they come with uh, decisions. Uh, Colin Powell is a favorite of mine. And Colin Powell talks about how to make decisions in situations of crisis, which is when you are in a, in a, in a battlefield. And he says that you probably need no more than 70% of the information and no less than 40% of the information. If you have less than 40%, you're bound to make the wrong decision. If you have more than 70%, you're going to be a, a bit late. The first thinking is like, look, if you have some information of this is an option that may work for you, you got to take the decision, you got to move on. And the second thing is obviously, like I said, is that people procrastinate because they are scared to put their name next to an outcome. I never thought of to any results or any outcomes. I commit to following a process, a plan. That is my accountability, to follow that plan, to deliver that plan. The outcome, there will be too many reasons why an outcome would be achieved or not be achieved. So that doesn't bother me. Also, outcomes live uh, in the future. I do not control the future. I control today and what I can do about it. So that was the main reason why I posted that. And I've seen, not because of my post, I'm not that vain to think that people take my post more seriously, but I've got examples in our, in our professional life. One of my directors, he was very reluctant on using LinkedIn. Uh, over the years, despite obviously me telling him, like, you need to do it. And I think he took the leap in the last three weeks. Now, what this guy wants to do is he wants to actually be perceived as, as a leader in, in an industry that he doesn't work in. He wants to be perceived as a leader in the procurement industry. And what he did, he put himself out there. He started educating himself about the subject of procurement. He started speaking to our clients about what procurement is exactly and what, what are the topics that they will be discussing. Uh, nine months to be invited to podcasts or, or, or webinars. It took him three weeks to be invited to two webinars for a subject that he does not know 100%. He's learning about it right now. But it took me nine months to be invited to webinars about sales that I've been in for the last 20 years. What caused this is that he thought, listen, I cannot speak to my clients. Or I cannot reach my clients the way I used to. I cannot sell my product unless I understand their problems. And what a better way to understand their problems than speaking with them, invited to the same webinars they do. So he invested a lot of his personal time, go to webinars, time difference, uh, take into consideration, just to educate himself. And I'm really, really glad he did that because 
Again, like you said, if you want to eat omelette, you get a crack some egg nowadays. And the third thing I want to focus about that is that people overcomplicate things. Bruce Lee, that saying is, I live by it. Bruce Lee said one thing, do your research, learn everything there is to learn. Apply only the things that are working for you. Get rid of everything else and then adjust what you've learned so you can make your approach uniquely yours. And for me, that is a lesson that when you want to try something new, is pretty much those three steps. Do the research, get rid of what's not working, keep what's working, and adjust it to make it sure that fits your personality, you as a person. You said so much there that really resonates with me. I was feverishly taking notes, so I didn't want to lose the thought. Uh, let me tell a story for the audience. My career, because you talked about a number of things here. I'm going to speak to that. My career, when I was just a marketing specialist, I wanted to be a marketing manager. When I was a marketing manager, I wanted to be a marketing director. When I was a marketing director, I wanted to be a VP. You get the idea. I always wanted the next step. And I had two options. One is I could physically wait to be promoted internally. Or two is I could change jobs and I could be promoted into that next level up at another company. My wife and I made a conscious decision when we were young that that one of us would stay home with our kids when we had kids. As the career progresses, we could see pretty quickly that my career was going to pay more than her career. Therefore, the decision was made that she would stay home for the first couple of years. So why does that matter? Well, that matters is that I needed to get to an income level that I could support the whole family and all the related expenses of having kids on one income. Boom, that was the stage. That was my level. That was my motivation, all right? So whether you want a certain income or you want a certain result or you want a certain pipeline or you just want a conversion rate, I had my goal clearly in mind what I needed to set. And then what I would do, I'd be in a job for a year or whatever, you know, get the lay of the land. Am I going to get promoted anytime soon? If I'm not, I would start looking around. I would take recruiter calls. And if I was a manager and there was, I would, there's a director position available, I would apply to it. Now, this is where I got crazy. I don't suggest you do what I did. But what I would do is my resume would say, yes, I'm already a director, even though I was a manager. And then I would go to these interviews to be a director somewhere else. And they would say, well, talk to me about your job and what you do. I would have done some research and I would have looked at the directors in my company and I would say, well, this is what we do. And I would get hired. And, and then I would do the job. My wife, so I was not afraid to take that risk because to me, it was a controlled risk. My wife was just like, gosh, how can you do that? You're lying, you're misrepresenting. She goes like, you don't have those skills. You don't have those capabilities. You don't have those results. You don't have those life experiences. You don't, you don't, you don't. And my reaction every single time was, I don't, but I know enough to know I can do it to start. And I know, here's the kicker, Colin Powell, I know I can research it when I get there. So I'm not wanting to be president of the United States at 18 years old. That's out of my league. But taking that one step forward, I can do one step. I can research that. Fear was stopping my wife. Fear wasn't stopping me. What I did though, so the reason it didn't stop me is because I, to, to Costas's point, I gave myself permission to fail. I gave myself permission to stumble because I was going to learn along the way. All right. So that was his point. I loved his point about focus. He said, focus on learning and on, on positive outcomes and on optimizing what you're doing. And then he also said, don't worry about the outcomes, right? So I gave myself permission, don't worry about the outcomes. If I fail, I'll get another job, okay? Simple as that. I gave myself permission to take a risk is really what I'm getting at. And once you give yourself permission 
and you don't worry about winning, you worry about learning, you worry about getting just better, then all of a sudden it's a lot easier to do, it's a lot less fearful. Like his colleague, how many of you are not giving yourself permission? How many of you are afraid? How many of you are stuck and don't want to try something else because you've not done the research? That's an honest question. That's where it starts, self-awareness. We've had the conversation. We're way overdue for a break. We're going to take one. When we come back, we're going to go fast and furious on a whole bunch of different tactics you can do to try to break out of your rut and make things better. We'll be right back. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. Okay, Costas, in your post, you specifically list one, two, three, four, five, five points followed by rinse and repeat. I love that rinse and repeat. Bruce Lee style, when you got to mix it up because whatever you're doing wasn't working and you're in a rut, you're stuck. We've talked about the fear. We've talked about researching, having just enough data, giving yourself permission. Here we go. Number one, you say try new emails or introductions or questions or call to actions. So how is that going to help me possibly improve my game? Give me an example of why I would want to do that. Well, I'll tell you what we did with our guys. I'm not a guy that likes to use other people's work, but I like to be influenced by other people, ideally other industries. And we selected 20 emails that we felt they're closer towards how we want to actually approach our customers and our, our clients uh, in these times. We did a lot of testing in terms of like uh, sending it to each other, writing the email, altering things based on our personal styles. And we ended up with three templates, one which was for outreach to your clients, one for outreach to prospects, one for outreach to, to clients, and one for outreach to incoming inquiries. The, the point I want everyone to make, I'm not going to actually suggest a template that is working for everyone. I don't believe, like I said, in templates, but I believe in researching figure out what's closer to how you want to be communicating with your, with your customers, and then adjust that email, that 35 seconds of opening a call. And to do this, there's no one, no one person is able to, to choose what is the best template. You need to put it to the test through asking a lot of people, what do you think, which one do you feel uh, it was a better approach? So that was the first thing we did. When we talk about new things, I don't like to try things that scare people or stress people, but I like to try things that stretch people. So we did a very funny exercise because I wanted to switch my guys to, to sending video messages. It was something that I wanted to do since last year. There was no reason, like I said, booming times, you know, no, no problem money-wise or bringing the sales in. This time I thought, well, listen, we need to be more face-to-face -face with prospects that are staying at home and they probably crave interaction, human interaction. 
crave human interaction more than email or, or a, even a call. And it was funny because we had 38 of our guys, all of them doing their, their videos, really testing themselves. They haven't done something like that before. We gave them some guidelines. And you know what? We started getting out in the market. And what I could see based on the examples they gave me, I could see a lot of happy faces, fairly young individuals. I'm the dad of the partners you can appreciate at 47. Fairly enthusiastic people delivering a minute and a half of video messages, some they've never done before. And two things happened. One is that we started getting, because, you know, what does a video message do is it provokes familiarity and reciprocity. So people felt obliged to reply. Now, it may or not have been the reply that we expected, but it was a reply nevertheless. That, that's the first thing. So the, all the guys felt really confident that that's the way forward, at least to get some response from people in, in difficult times. But the second thing is like, they started becoming better. They started shortening the message, alter the message, again, within those 45, 50 seconds. And it's a new skill. I'm reading a book uh, currently. It's a great book. And it says that um, why some parts of, of training, you know, you completely forget, but other parts you always remember. And it's because it says that you only learn when dopamine affects your brain because dopamine is the same button of the brain. Because they were doing something new, because they were seeing results and they were feeling as if they were learning, they want to do more and more of that. And I really, really like that approach that we took. So again, my advice is like, figure out if that is something that everyone is saying you should try down the, 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 the route that everyone else is taking. Learn what is to learn. See any examples, find examples of other people that have been successful and, and adjusted and work on becoming better and better and just make it yourself, making your, your own, sorry. This actually totally aligns to some of the other podcasts we've just had recently, Morgan Ingram, Scott Lee, et cetera. Uh, I know Morgan talked at length about video. He said, you got to use video, whether it's video on LinkedIn, video on an email, whatever. Lots of ways to use video, you got to use video. And you're hearing Costa say he and his whole crew had never used video. So that was an example of trying something new and experimenting with it. And he said they got better over time. You know, they got better. And then what that did was that instilled confidence. So they went, went from being in a slump to being excited again and, and because they've got a new skill now too, right? That's huge. And all the points Costas makes here in his posts, I mentioned there was five. Well, he just actually hit, I think, almost four of them. He said, try new emails and intros and questions and call to actions. That was his big ones. Try, try, research it experiment. Did you hear what he said? He said, they all went and researched. They didn't even try to reinvent the wheel. They just went and researched others. And then they sent it to themselves to decide what did they like? How did they react to it? And then they adjusted. And then they went out and they did some testing and they gave themselves permission. We talked about that. They got rid of their fear, gave themselves permission to mix it up. In his post, he says, keep what's working, which they did, get rid of what's not, which they did. No, no, we can do that. Folks, we've had this conversation before is A-B testing. And Costas mentioned that. He was always testing to see what worked. And then the last thing he just spoke to is also in his post here. He said, make adjustments that suit your market and your personality. He talked about the ICP. He talked about getting, having those conversations. He talked about his colleague getting into an industry he has no familiarity with, but he needed to understand them. So he started reaching out to them and talking to them if he wanted to have that. So again, fear is simple when you just go away and, if, and you say, I'm just gonna to talk to an expert. I'm gonna to talk to somebody smarter. I'm gonna to listen to the Inside Inside Sales Show and see what they have to say. God just gave you a whole bunch of stuff right there. It's as simple as this, just do it. Nike made a million, millions doing that expression. Just do it, there's a reason. Fast and Furious Costas, I wanna talk about this. Cause you have multiple other posts that relate to this specific point as you're trying to break a few eggs and get better. You say, 
ramp up your learning, get better coaching, seek feedback. Talk to me quick and dirty, we're tight in time, on how I should approach that if I'm, if I'm a sales rep so that I get the most out of this. Because sometimes there's expert A will say to do this, expert B will say expert A is wrong, you should do it this way. It can get confusing. What do I do? What's the best way to figure out what works for me when it comes to coaching and learning? Very quickly, I will advise everyone to practice deliberate practice. Now, deliberate practice, like practice, focuses on the outcomes, but also requires instant feedback, if possible, but definitely feedback, and also focuses on technique alongside the, the outcomes and the objectives that you set yourself. I will always suggest to people to read books, blogs, webinars, podcasts, whatever, absolutely however people learn, audiobooks, whatever it might be. But you need to actually be smarter than the average individual. So what I'm suggesting is, especially with LinkedIn, back in the day, we didn't have that, that opportunity. Let's say with LinkedIn, you see someone that you like their style. You see someone who is already doing what you're hoping to, to, to be doing in a year's time, two years' time, three years' time. I say seek their feedback. My post the other day was, um, was prompted by me being 47, having spent I don't know, 20 years in leadership, military, university, sales. And at 47, two weeks ago, I reached out to two people, one of which was you, Daryl, to ask for their feedback. Why? Because I felt that Daryl is better than me in something that I want to get better at. I have nothing to lose by just reaching out to Daryl. Now, there's two ways this can go. Either Daryl will not reply to me, it's fine, I'll try it, I'll find someone else. Or he will give me feedback, one minute, one word, and I can work on that. What I do, I dip into my experience and then I dip into your experience and then I do the best for me. But as long as people understand that feedback is two ways. Feedback is to improve you and the other one is to, to correct you. I'm not talking about the correction feedback, which is about your blind spots. I'm talking about you taking a proactive action and say, look, I know that this guy is better than me. I want to be able to do what this guy is doing, the job, whatever it might be. I will reach out and I will ask for the feedback and I will get to know to these individuals. That would be my advice. I get this all the time on LinkedIn because it's, a, it's an open forum and I really, really respect that. When new young people now, they take control of, of their future, of their career by asking questions. I really like that. Uh, so that would be my advice. Let's recap what we've talked about here. We've talked about sometimes you get in a rut. Sometimes you're not happy where it's at. Sometimes you're frustrated. Sometimes you're frozen by fear. Sometimes you don't know what to do. Sometimes you're at the end of your rope and you just seem to be in state of inaction. So what do you do? You try something new. Maybe a new email, a new intro, a new script, new questions, new call to actions. You research it. You get enough information to start doing it. You don't need an expert in it. 40 to 70% as he said, Colin Powell. You seek people you trust for their feedback because you recognize they might be more skilled there with you. You reach out to your customers and understand better what they're doing and how that matters. You keep what's working, you get rid of what's not, you iterate by making constant adjustments that suits you and your market and your personality and your, and your desired outcomes, and you give yourself permission to fail. And when you do this, you celebrate the victories. You celebrate the victories. And then the last thing we didn't talk about is you pay it forward. When you learn something right, you share it with somebody else. That's it. My friends, two posts from Costas Perkis. Two posts talks about learning, talks about what do you do when you're in a rut. This man is wise. Follow him. 
Costas, thank you so much for your time today. That's my guest, Costas Burkus. Follow him now. My name is Daryl Prell. Sometimes I'm with Vanilla Soft. Today, though, I'm at the Inside Inside Sales Show. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by VanillaSoft. <laughs>